Hello, 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 and welcome to the 32nd episode of Mixed Media Reviews. My name is Kelsey, and today I'm going to be talking about a TV show, or rather, a few TV shows. Today I'm going to be talking about my favorite cooking shows I've watched recently, or kind of just all of them, and I'll tell you which ones I like the most. (laughs) My husband and I have been really into watching cooking shows recently, well, I think mainly baking ones, but also some cooking shows. I wanted to just kind of have a slightly different genre to talk about in this TV show category, um, because I think I kind of watch the same things a lot of the time, so trying to switch it up a bit. Um, But yeah, let me know, (laughs) I guess, if if you're interested in more things like this, I guess like the non-fiction side. Today I'm going to be talking about the recent cooking and baking shows that I have watched, which again has been mostly baking shows. But they are Is It Cake, Bake Squad, School of Chocolate, Baking Impossible, The Final Table, and Iron Chef Quest for an Iron Legend. Also, I apologize for the background noise. It is still, of course, very hot. It is summer, so I can't exist without the AC on, uh, especially because I'm upstairs and it's always warmer upstairs. Um, So hopefully that's okay. Also, with all the ums, hope that's cool too. Let's talk about baking shows first. There were four baking shows, and I'm going to talk about them, like I said, in order... I didn't say this before. Well, now I'm saying it. I'm going to talk about them in the order of how much I liked them. (laughs) Uh, So first up, Is It Cake? This show was pretty interesting. Uh, It had eight bakers in varying stages of experience and professionalism who competed three at a time against each other to produce cakes that looked like their real-life counterparts. Um... They had a few options to choose from, and each person was able to kind of pick what they thought that they could do the best. And they were all like part of a theme, so I don't even remember the themes, but like vacation or the beach, things like that, where they'd all be part of a theme, but everyone would kind of have a unique item to choose from. The cake was then placed amongst the objects that it took inspiration from, and there would be three guest judges who would try to figure out if it was cake or not. You are out if they guessed correctly, and anyone then remaining would then be judged on the type of cake, like the quality and how it was, you know, tasted, how it looked. Um, And each episode then announced a winner for that episode, where the winner in the next episode would go on uh, and choose the two people that they wanted to compete against in that round, before they got to see, you know, what they got to choose. I did like how like real some of the cakes looked and it was really interesting to see the process of them being able to make such realistic cakes in such a short time. I mean they had like eight hours or something like that but it still seemed like a pretty short period for what they were trying to accomplish. Mikey Day also hosted uh, from SNL and he's pretty funny although I don't think this show really did him justice. (laughs) Maybe it's because there wasn't really like an audience. And that's always weird when it's like someone makes a joke and there's like hushed laughter, um, even if it was genuinely funny. What I didn't like, though, was that it didn't seem like each contestant had a fair amount of time to present their skills. I think only like there were a couple of them that were definitely only competed like once, where some of them competed multiple times. And yes, if they won and they got to choose the next two people, I guess that makes sense because, and that they would be on more often because they won repeatedly. But it also just seemed weird that we didn't really get to see 
you know, the skill level of everybody first and then maybe get to do that where they kind of weeded out some people because like you mess up once and then no one picks you again and that's all we got to see of you. That's kind of weird, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I didn't really like that we didn't get to see them, you know, fairly across and it was kind of just a couple people that kept repeatedly popping up. Um, and sometimes too, like the judges were just really lucky guessing, like they were like, oh, I have no idea. We'll just pick this one. And it wasn't even one that they all agreed on. And that happened to be the one that was the cake. So it seemed like they didn't truly fail at making it realistic. And yet they still failed the challenge. It was kind of odd. Another thing that was odd was the judges. It was just like three celebrity judges who were normal celebrities like they weren't celebrity chefs or bakers or you know food critics or something like that like in the related to the food industry they were literally just people some people I didn't even know some of them um I did know but like what what qualifications do they have (laughs) because like yeah they were trying to figure out what cake is real or isn't and maybe you know, maybe it's easier to fool people that have no knowledge. And plus, they were pretty far away, so I think it was harder to tell which ones were illusion uh, from the distance that they were at. But then, you know, when one more than one contestant fooled the judges, they were great on how good the cake was. And the judges then picked a winner from that. And it seemed like, especially in those instances, it'd be helpful to have judges who knew what they were talking about. Like, I wanted to know how difficult some of the things that they were doing was. Like, how difficult is it to create, you know, this shape or to paint it like this or model the chocolate in a way that they did or or whatever. Like, have some talk about the technique of what they were doing and help that make it feel like, oh, they won because not just the cake was good, but because they did these things, which is really impressive, you know? And yes, anyone can say whether cake is good or not because we all have, you know, well, most of us probably have taste buds, but I wanted people to like tell me why the cake was good and not just, oh, it was moist and it tastes delicious. Like, give me more than that, you know? <laughs> so, I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird that they were being judged on, like with people that didn't have any clue what they were talking about, like in the nicest way, you know, just like an amateur person who eats food <laughs> or whatever. Um, let's just go to the next one. <laughs> So next up is Bake Squad. I really liked Bake Squad, though it wasn't like a true competition show, kind of like the other ones were. There wasn't really like a monetarial, monetarial, that's not a word, Kelsey. There wasn't really a monetary prize. Um, And there wasn't like a person like kicked off at the end of each episode or anything like that. Um, There were just four professional bakers, each a professional in different areas, like one was a cake, one was pies, one was a chocolatier, and one was, I don't remember what the other guy was, just maybe a pastry chef or something like that. Um, And each episode there was a different person who would come in or a couple people, um, and they were throwing an event, like a wedding or a birthday party or something like that. And the four bakers would then compete against uh, one another to produce the perfect like baked good for that event the you know dessert table or cake or whatever it was Uh, and then the person would then come back and whoever you know treat was chosen would then be recreated and they'd be able to do it for that event 
is definitely an interesting concept where they were kind of creating something that was created just for the individual or you know whoever for the party was for so we got to see you know a little more thought um come into it and creativity in a way that was like more geared towards an individual instead of just you know kind of whatever the person wanted to think up or like a general theme for the episode or whatever um and they did make a lot of creative things and a lot of it looked really delicious uh, and the host was the lady who like created milk who i see like all kinds of ads for on like facebook and stuff like that so i that was cool i suppose uh <laughs> it was a little weird uh for the show that the winners were super unbalanced there were two guys, two ladies, and the two ladies, I think each one once, like one, one when there was like a team with her and the, one of the guys, and the other one won on their own, and I mean, I get, like, I mean, whatever people chose is what they chose, so whatever, but it just felt like all the bakers weren't necessarily at the same level, you know, when it came to aesthetics. So maybe it made it a little awkward when they were presenting it all together and to have it so heavily won by the two guys, it just seemed like maybe they could have gotten a closer, um, closer abilities in these bakers so that it could have been a little bit better that people, you know, picked them more often. <laughs> It just felt kind of awkward when it was the same two people over and over and over again. The next two shows are pretty even, um, but I'm going to talk about School of Chocolate next. If you've seen any videos on Instagram or probably TikTok with some guy who makes like delicious treats and like crazy sculptures out of chocolate, then you've gotten the background for the show. In this show, there's eight, eight, whoa, beep, bop, boop. Um, I'll just keep that one in. I do this all the time, you guys. I mess up, make weird sounds, and delete it. <laughs> so, welcome to behind the scenes. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, in this show, there's eight contestants who compete to become best in class and win some money as they learn some tricks from the best chocolatier out there, Chef Amari. Maybe you've seen, you know, the video where he makes a telescope or an alligator or some really pretty box because this guy, I could watch his videos all day. They're so mesmerizing of just him making things out of chocolate and they could be huge. Sometimes they're tiny, delicate, or like crazy beasts. I, oh man, those are some good videos. <laughs> also real quick, I realized, I think I mispronounced his name. It's Chef Amari because he's French. French Swiss, I think. But yeah, there you go. Chef Amari. <laughs> Super talented fella. Anywho, uh, I really liked the show uh, because there were people that ranged from like less experience to more experience, and it seemed like pretty much every single person improved quite a bit. Uh, some of them were already pretty skilled, so you didn't really see like a ton of improvement. Uh, but there was one lady who really started out at the bottom and I think she did really well by the end and it was really cool to watch her like grow and her skill and like confidence level and it was also really nice to see chef Amari kind of step in while they were doing something to kind of maybe help them with their like technique of doing something or if they had questions so it was a little bit more like a like a school setting you know he is a, a teacher here in Vegas at the school of chocolate 
So it was a little bit different in that it wasn't just purely competition, competition, but they also kind of learned things. In the very beginning of the episode, they would have like a technique that he showed them how to do it. And then throughout the episode, they kind of were trying to utilize that new skill and build upon the skills that they've learned. And I really liked when he kind of took that time to kind of show them how to better do it or like a different way or, or just whatever, just little, little things here and there, which is different than most competition shows that you really see, at least from the ones that I've watched. <laughs> and again, like in the very beginning, after they get taught some kind of new technique in the beginning of the episode, they make their own pastry um, and they had to utilize that technique and that was interesting to see because it was just kind of like they had like maybe a theme or something or if it was like he taught them how to make a hinge so he had, everyone had to make something that like had a hinge on it so it was a little open-ended a little bit of a theme uh, but it was interesting to see what everybody would come up with and then the second part of the show they split up into two teams and they would create a showpiece again trying to utilize those techniques that they're they have been learning throughout the show and even though we would watch them make these like show pieces it was still really hard to believe sometimes that it was all chocolate uh, it was really fascinating i really liked it and there's uh, one of the guys in bake squad actually was a chocolatier and it was fun watching him do chocolate work especially because we had just watched school of chocolate uh, and there's another chocolatier guy actually in the next show i'm going to talk about but i we watched that uh before we watched this so in retrospect, it was like, oh, okay, I kind of see what he was doing there. The only thing that I kind of didn't really like about the show was more in the filming and editing process. It seemed to be kind of inconsistent how they did the episodes. I think the first at least couple episodes had, you know, both bakes, both pieces, both like the little, if this was... Uh, the Great British Bake Off, I would be saying like their their signature and their showpiece, but I guess there's more like sh a signature slash technical and their showpiece. But yeah, so the very first episodes had you know both of those pieces in it, but then randomly out of nowhere there's an episode that didn't have the showpiece. It was in the next episode, so my husband and I were like, well, we can't just leave it at that. We got to watch the next episode, so we had to like stop it halfway through because we didn't want to continue watching to the next challenge for the next day. <laughs> we were just like, what? And it was just kind of odd that sometimes we'd have to start the next episode just to see what happened, you know, instead of them always being in the same episode and that kind of threw things off for a little bit where they were like that for a little while. So weird. And we only watch one episode a day, so it's not like we can just binge it all, which, I mean, I know. It, it sounds terrible and it really is it's a terrible life to have to watch one episode at a time monday through thursday while i eat dinner instead of just binging which is how i've pretty much watched most shows well i guess not most shows depending on what platform they're on and you know when they came out and stuff like that but you know whatever it's terrible but you know the things you do for love last up in the baking category is baking impossible Baking Impossible was super cool. This show had nine pairs of contestants consisting of one baker and one engineer. And each episode, and they were like different types of engineers too. So that's pretty cool. Uh, each episode, the teams had to create a feat of engineering that was also edible. 
it was interesting to see the teams try to bridge the gap of knowledge between them, uh, creating new materials that are made out of food and would still be like structurally sound and just trying to kind of talk to one another uh, within their area of expertise to a person who's not within their area of expertise. I think the engineers maybe had more of a struggle at times talking to the bakers. Um, and the first episode, just to give you like an idea of what I'm talking about, they had to create a sailboat that was remote controllable and that had to make it like not only float in water, but then had to make it down a little river within some kind of time frame. And it had to be a cake based like boat that also had some kind of treat inside that wouldn't get ruined for the judges to then eat and judge. The judges consisted of a baker, an engineer, and the delightful Andrew Smith, who was the winner of the seventh series of Bake Off, who was an engineer and a baker. I really like that the judges were knowledgeable in both realms, once again, Andrew being a baker and an engineer, coining the term baconeer. Um, they called it baconeering on the show, super cute. And, you know, and then of course having a judge that was one well-versed in engineering so he could talk about you know the engineering feats that they were pulling off and the interesting things that each engineer kind of did to try to accomplish whatever task that was and then we had the baker who is of course very knowledgeable about baking and she would talk about not only the the taste of the items but the technique behind it making them and I think it's pretty obvious now that I really like hearing those more technical things about something and not just, you know, a layman's take on it, I guess, if that makes sense. I think it does. It's fine. We'll just move on. The teams also varied a lot. Uh, Some really did well in aesthetics. Some were much better in their engineering. Um, And again, it was really funny to kind of hear them try to talk to each other about their respective fields in ways that the other one would understand. Sometimes you could see like the baker's eyes glaze over when the engineer was talking more technical (laughs) or you'd, or you'd see the baker trying to tell the engineer how to like help with the bake and they would just be like, kind of like, wait, what do I do? How does this work? Um, So that was really fun. Fun. That was really fun. There were lots of creative ways of using food, like using pineapple skin as some kind of like protective armor. And then there was this one team that created like a new type of concrete where they used like ramen noodles and and something else, maybe marshmallows and, and gelatin or something like that. It was pretty interesting to hear um, the engineer talk about using these different materials and how they acted like concrete. I really liked that. It's definitely fascinating to watch people in two pretty different fields work together to create these edible-ish things that had to be stress tested and like perform under all these different types of tests uh, and then prepare a nice treat at the end for the judges to eat. The only thing that I didn't really like about it, um, which I think is true probably for every show on this list in general because that's the types of shows that these are, I guess, Um, though this one is just a little bit more noticeable, is that it seems like a lot of wasted food. You know, like in all these shows, obviously they're creating a bunch of food and who knows how much is actually eaten. I know in Bake Off they say that all of it gets like passed around to the crew and the rest of the contestants and everyone kind of eats everything. And maybe that's true for a lot of these shows, but this one, obviously you couldn't eat that, you know, that concrete (laughs) that was ramen and marshmallows or whatever it was like no one's gonna eat that or you know after it was 
fall apart fall apart after it fell apart in the water no one's gonna eat that food so it is a little more noticeable that there was a lot of waste going on and hopefully you know all the other ingredients that didn't get used maybe they donated or something <laughs> make it feel a little bit better all right let's talk about cooking shows now there were two cooking shows on that list first we're going to talk about the final table the final table was such a good show they had 12 teams composed of people from around the world who competed to make the best ditch dishes for a country chosen for that episode and it was like a dish from a country there were two rounds in each episode the first was judged by three judges all from the country and composed of a critic and two other culturally 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 relevant people uh, sometimes they were kind of food centered sometimes they were just celebrities or something like that they then picked three dishes that they felt uh, didn't meet the criteria based on, you know, maybe they didn't think it was whatever food that was, like this isn't real ramen, or they didn't get the heart of what this country means, or whatever. And those three teams then went on to create a final dish uh, with a chosen ingredient uh, chosen by the chef of that country for that episode who already has a seat at the final table. So it was always really big chefs that people were like, oh my goodness, that's so-and-so. They've got 20,000 Michelin stars, however all that works. Um, and then those three then presented their dishes to that chef. And so sometimes like a weird honor where they were like, ooh, I'm presenting it to this chef, but also like, oh, I messed up and that's why I'm here. Um, so yeah, so then they pre presented their dish to that chef and the chef decided which two were safe and which one would be eliminated and sent home. I really liked how knowledgeable the host was. Once again, I like a knowledgeable host. <laughs> His name is Andrew Knowlton and is apparently a food writer and critic, I think in LA. So that makes sense why he knew terms and would like ask really good questions uh, to all the chefs. I also really liked to see how these teams would interpret the meal chosen from that episode's country you know, anyone can make a Mexican taco, but how do you make a Mexican taco that is also part, you know, wherever country you're from? Or how do you make it more individual without, you know, taking away from the heart of Mexico and what Mexico is and their food and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, so that was really cool to see like them put their own, you know, individual spin on it or their country's spin on a known dish from whatever country. Seeing them be able to come up with dishes right on the spot was also super impressive. Like I kept telling my husband, they have to know beforehand. How do they know all this? How can they just throw dishes out there and be able to create things out of thin air? But then we'd watch them coming up with it and it was crazy. <laughs> and as someone who can cook only when following a recipe really, except for like maybe a handful of dishes, it's very impressive. Uh, maybe everyone else is like, yeah, that's easy. You just throw some ingredients together. And yes, this is what they do for a living. But it's still pretty cool to see. It's also really interesting finding out, you know, why people chose to work together. Because some were friends or coworkers, while others seemed had never actually cooked together. They just were famous chefs that had, like, met each other once. So that was an interesting choice. Uh, and it was definitely a bummer when a country came up and the people from that country had already been eliminated. There's one pair that I really wanted to see them do their home country, especially because their home country, like his style of cooking or her, their style of cooking was like 
what the like style of whatever cooking that was the dish and we didn't get to see them make it and I'm really part of me still feels sad about it I wish we could have saw and that probably didn't really make any sense but this chef made food in a particular style and then that style came up in like the judge's criteria that also probably doesn't make sense look I loved that team and I was sad to see them go and I was even sadder to see them not make the dish from their home country and that's what is said (laughs) uh I don't know it's late in the day I think I'm just crazy and also hungry I haven't eaten dinner yet and I'm talking about all this food all right well let's talk about the last episode last show not episode you guys I don't know what's going on with my brain The last show is one that we're actually currently watching, uh, so we haven't quite finished it yet, and that is Iron Chef Quest for an Iron Legend. This show has five Iron Chefs going up against five challengers. Each episode has a new pair squaring off. A A secret ingredient is given, like types of milk or types of chilies, and both chefs must create dishes with those ingredients using as many types of that ingredient as they can. Like the milk one had you know, regular cow's milk, but it had goat's milk, it had buffalo milk, it had camel milk, like all kinds of different milks. And they had to use, you know, a plethora of milks, not just one milk. They make five dishes, one of which is placed at the judge's table within like, I think it's like 30 minutes, maybe even less. Uh, And then the other four are then served at the end of the challenge. There are three judges, two of which are food critics, I believe, and the third is sometimes just a celebrity and sometimes they're more like a celebrity chef or somehow connected to the food industry. They then score both the Iron Chef and the Challenger to determine a winner. At the end of the season, the Challenger who scored the highest while beating their Iron Chef will go on to compete against the Iron Chefs and the winner will be the Iron Legend. I think since we haven't gotten that far yet. I don't know if there just is no iron legend if the challenger doesn't win guess we'll find out and the hosts besides the chairman are alton brown and Kristen kish who i absolutely adore both of them love them to pieces i loved this show i i still love it because we're still watching it and i'm really excited every single night to see what we get to see next i really like the show because it's super interesting to see them use like all kinds of ingredients and to see the different styles between the iron chefs and the challengers and it's nice again to see knowledgeable judges being able to critique the food but if i'm being truly honest the reason why this has been my absolute favorite one to watch so far which makes me want to watch pretty much any of the iron chef shows since i've never seen any has been alton brown and Kristen kish i i love alton brown you guys i used to watch good eats when i was younger and it was always such a fascinating show. I love that we didn't just get to see him like cook dishes, but we learned about the history of a certain food or an ingredient. We learned about the science behind anything from like a cooking process to why something tastes the way it does or why flavors work together. And he does the same thing in the show, you guys. He talks about why it was better to use buffalo milk versus camel milk or the the sweetness or how it will tamp down certain things. And it was so fascinating. I love learning things. (laughs) 
ah man and i loved how he would try to figure out what the chefs were cooking based on the ingredients that they would like kind of collect or how they were cooking something he provides tons of cool information and Kristen kish does the same they have such great rapport that i would literally watch them commentate on anything because I'm sure they'd be knowledgeable about anything that they commentated on. Kristen Kish was great. She was constantly doing the same thing of bringing up, oh, I think they're cooking this because they're doing this, or this is why this works, or why this doesn't work. And it was great. (laughs) They're great together. I freaking love them. And it was so cute how excited they got when they'd find out who guessed, like when they guessed something correctly. (sighs) I love them. I have a crush, I think, on both of them because they're just... So, like, they were funny, they were intelligent, they were, you know, funny. (laughs) Ah, Man, I can't wait for Monday to watch the next episode. (laughs) Out of all the baking shows, I think I'd recommend Baking Impossible if you're looking for something a little more out there and is perhaps a bit more, you know, fast-paced and exciting. If you're looking for something a little more perhaps technical or educational, I'd certainly recommend School of Chocolate, especially if you love watching his videos like I do. I definitely recommend either cooking show, really, but I absolutely have been loving Iron Chef, Quest for an Iron Legend, like I obviously is obvious, like I'm obviously obvious about it because I was gushing like 10 seconds ago about it mostly for that hosting duo, but also just everything that they cook looks freaking delicious. Even things that I know I don't like, like when they're heavy on fish things or whatever, I'm like, I probably won't like that, but man, it looks delicious. And especially, especially you guys, everything that Esther Choi made in that second episode that she was in, oh boy. If I am ever in New York, I am 100% going to her restaurant, which is called, I think you pronounce it Mock Bar, if you're interested. It's a Korean restaurant with food that looks freaking amazing. She talked about how she likes to kimchify everything, which sounds delicious. Oh man, I really want Korean food now too. Anywho, uh, even though next Saturday is actually going to be July 2nd. I'm going to have one more episode before I take a break until August 6th. So I end on a movie instead of ending on a random TV show because if anything, guys, I'm super particular about how these episodes come out and have totally never accidentally swapped and did them out of order and also posted on the wrong day. So... (laughs) So yeah, so then I'll take the next four weeks off until August, and we'll start season two, uh, which will last until October 29th, I believe, which is where I'll take my break from December to the end of January. And there you have it. Those are my thoughts on all kinds of baking and cooking shows. Thank you so much for joining me. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mixed Media Reviews Podcast, and you can also find me anywhere you find your podcasts, probably. Please leave a message or like the photos on Facebook and Instagram. Let me know, comment below, do all those things so I can know how you guys feel about the things that I say and do. Please join me next week where I will be reviewing a movie, which is going to be determined later because I think I want to watch Batman, but I know I'm a little behind on some other movies that have come out recently. So I'm going to watch a few and figure out which one 
I want to talk about the most so that we can go out with a really good episode and I don't want to be like I'll watch Batman and then have no opinions even though I think that's impossible and I always have opinions about everything. Anywho, have a wonderful rest of the day. Bye!